Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh my God, this guy has more energy than I do. I am so <laughs> excited to have him on the show today. Elias Astuto is the head of Fast Real Estate powered by EXP based out of the Northern California area. Elias, how are you, my brother? It's good. It's good, my man. And I will have to, to with all discretion, I don't go by Elias. I go by Elias. Uh, Elias, I'm sorry. That. That's my first mistake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be here. And, and, and definitely thank you for having me. Oh, brother, I'm so glad you're on here. This is so great. And so you're sitting, I'm, I'm going to just start by where you're sitting. Because just before we were on live, you were telling me that your workspace is 9,000 square feet, and it was an old nightclub. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me that. That says so much about the spirit <laughs> of your team, the idea that it's like this open concept. You were yes. sharing with me that in the back, you've got a gym where you are now. This is I'm, so awesome. I'm actually sitting in, uh, Kenny's in Cancun right now, and this is his setup. And this yeah. is going to be like our VIP section. Um, before the end of the podcast, I'll take you on a quick little tour of the office. But I would uh, love Kenny that. lives literally a scooter ride down the road. Kenny's turned as the founder of Fast Real Estate. He lives a scooter ride down the road. And when we landed this office, we literally had a 300 square foot office when our team first launched across the street at the waterfront. And now yeah, to yeah. think less than three years later, we have a 9,000 square foot um, office here in the heart of Jacqueline Square in Oakland. So yeah, it's absolutely... And, Kenny and I, neither one of us, nor does any of the senior leadership team have an office. This is kind of just Kenny's area. I'm working back in here, but none of us really have any offices, which I'm totally fine with. And, you know, it's so funny. We were just talking about this offline. And, you know, you worked for Climb and Chris Lim is, is a dear friend of mine, the founder of Climb. And, yes. you know, it's so reminiscent of like that open space that he had. And so totally. it's like you were just saying there's some DNA of that there. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing. There's an old adage that says once a climber, always a climber, because it meant so much to us. And like yeah. we still talk about it when we're growing and, and doing attraction meetings and when we're talking about, you know, like where did some of the thoughts come from and some of the methodologies and brand tenets? Like we have nothing but love and respect for Chris Lim and what he built. Yeah, yeah. And I think that he'll see once he comes into this office, like, you know, things that maybe like pull at his heartstrings a little bit because it will remind him of how beautiful that, you know, climb was and what it meant to us. And I think in an essence, we've put it on steroids and made it even 10 times better than it could have ever been. And we always are grateful for our roots. That's so amazing. Yeah, I love that about you. So let the, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in real estate. Yeah, you know what? Um, I got started in real estate kind of by, by almost like by accident. And so yeah. uh, let me elaborate. When I originally got my, my license, my intention was to go and work in Carmel right on the water, overlooking the, the, the ocean, selling timeshare for the Hyatt at the time. I had been in the timeshare business and resort, um, resort business for many, many years, had the opportunity to get my license, go move out to Carmel. And so studied, got my real estate license. But before I took my test, I had an appendectomy three days before my real estate exam. And so I went and had surgery. I wasn't even supposed to drive, wasn't even supposed to go take the test, hobbled myself in there, took my real estate exam, passed in 59 minutes, hobbled myself out there, opened the little envelope. I remember in the elevator, I couldn't even jump up for joy, but it was definitely a really powerful moment. 
Then I went and worked in Carmel, did really, really well, selling like Concourse de Elegance weeks for like $70,000 for one week. Well, at the yeah. time, I had left a girlfriend that later on became my wife, that later on became my ex-wife. Anyways, um, I went back to <laughs> Fresno and I said, all right, I'm going to hang my license with London Properties and I'm going to start selling real estate. And so I uh, just started selling real estate just to, because I believed in it and I wanted to do it then. And then went back into timeshare. I was a public speaker for a huge resort for many years. So that's how you use my license. And then I moved out to the Bay Area from Lake Tahoe. When I moved to the Bay Area, I was running a marketing company for a timeshare, uh, um, a big timeshare resort. Where I do all these fairs all throughout the um, Bay Area. And I put together like these booths and we would book appointments for the resorts. Well, I had my license. I was like, I'm going to go and hang my license and sell real estate. Well, I walk yeah. into Coldwell Banker Corporate in the Bay Area. I'm sitting with the guy who is now my dear friend and, and mentor. Uh, we're sitting there and within five minutes, Michael, he says, you're not a good fit for Coldwell Banker. I was like, okay, cool. Then I'm going to go somewhere else. And right then the fire alarm went off at, at headquarters in uh, Coldwell Banker. Everyone had to evacuate the building. Thousands and thousands of people going down the stairwell. So we're standing in front of this building everyone's on the street. And I'm like, Hey man, do you want to continue our conversation? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I think I have some more things to say. So we went to Mimi's cafe, had some coffee. And then in that conversation, he said, you know what? I like what you have to say. He's like, we're actually looking for a leader. And if you'd be interested in being a leader with our company, write me the best email that you've ever written. And I was like, Cool. Uh, so I went to the drawing board and just really just sat and wrote for about two hours, wrote him the best email. Um, and then in less than two weeks, I was on a plane to New Jersey to meet the vice president of Coldwell Banker and ended up landing the position of the district sales manager for Coldwell Banker for the Power by Zip team. It was the second largest online team for Coldwell Banker in the United States of America. So that was my entry into leadership. That was seven years ago. That is a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. It's all about a fire alarm. It's a fire alarm. Yeah. And for him telling me, and I kind of like, I had a chip. I was like, wait a minute. How do you know? Like in five minutes of talking with me, like I'm not a good fit for this environment. So I was like, I had more to prove. And I'm glad yeah. that I had that opportunity because the fire alarm went off to, to tell him more of my story. The universe was on your side that day, my brother. 100%. 100%. And, you know, guess what? Guess what Caldwell Banker would have missed in not having you? You know, you were an incredible leader. You're an incredible trainer. You've changed the lives of so many people because of what you do. Tell me a little bit about your training and your public speaking. I mean, you you know, you're amazing on the stage. And it really is. Somebody, Somebody just like, wants to listen to you, wants to follow what you say. And you've really built that to help so many. I appreciate that. So when I look back at, you know, I've had many influences, but Don Dontanagan, who's still, you know, one of the regional managers for Coldwell Banker, he told me when you start this position, first off in 30 days, I want you to fill the house and I want you to do a quarterly award ceremony. He's like, I don't have an agenda for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you're a great leader, you're going to show me by that, by moving people. He said, great leaders move people. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. It was a hit. I had tons of people there. And I remember him telling me, he said, listen, when you're on stage in front of everybody, don't speak to be heard, speak to add value. Right. And it really hit me because I've been a public speaker for years and like I've been, I've been a leader for years. And like those two bits of advice, leaders move people. And then I'm going to he's like, I'm going to give you seven months and I'm going to make you a world class coach. 
He's like, just watch seven months. You're going to understand the business. You're going to understand human behavior and you're going to understand how to move people based on changing human behavior. So I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm here for the ride. And so um, speak to add value, not to be heard. I'm going to turn you into a world-class coach and leaders move people. And that was like literally my first year and I ended up being number two in the whole entire country for lead conversion. And I really solidified my stance as, you know what? I know I've always had influence on people, but let me, let me use influence on people to help them change their own lives and increase their productivity. And so, yeah, I've learned a lot. I mean, it's been seven years, but man, I think the last seven years, I feel like I've gotten a master's or a doctorate in just understanding yeah. human behavior because I've had a lab. I always tell agents, I don't have all the answers, but I've had a lab right. of thousands of thousands of agents now in my career that I've had the fortunate opportunity to work with, work long, alongside and to coach. A hundred percent. And that's what it is. Listen, the best coaches learn from their students as well. And so we're always sort of doing this as something that is, it's a fluid motion of what we're doing. It actually brings me to my next question. How do you motivate your team? So, so I, I think of motivation in a completely different way. I think that motivation is the moment. And what I mean by that is I believe that motivation and inspiration is, is fleeting, right? It feels good in the moment, but I apologize yeah. to the team that if I don't motivate you or inspire you enough to take action, right? I want to lift everybody up, but then also give them key things that they can do to take action and inspire and motivate them to take action. So I might motivate them in the moment and that's cool and it feels good, but to me, it's not enough. I feel that that motivation needs to carry over to action. And the way that I see that is when they make their videos, when they make their calls, when they get into contract, when they're celebrating their wins, like that's what is motivating to me is like, or that's how I motivate them. I motivate them to take action, right? I don't yeah. believe in the moment of motivation because that is fleeting. I believe in creating an environment where they're motivated enough to take action. And the way that I've been doing that is coaching and the sense of accountability. I feel that when agents talk with me, there's always going to be a level of accountability. It's like, cool. Like I want to build friendships. I want to build bonds within the environment, but just like Chris Lim used to do, he might put you on the spot in a second. Like what's your unique value proposition? Uh, wait a minute. I thought we were just having a cool conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's your unique value proposition, right? So there's this level of accountability. So there's a standard that is set. And I also do group coaching three times a week. So we do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those rooms are about a hundred people each time on zoom Monday is all about mindset, motivation, and, and, and intent and how you won the week prior. Wednesday is a high-level conversation about the market, what's going on in the market, oh, and yeah. having this collective wisdom about the real estate market. And then on Friday, it's full circle accountability, holding everyone accountable to what they want to accomplish, not what I'm saying that they should accomplish. I love that. That's awesome. And so tell me now, okay, so let's talk about brand for a moment. Yeah. So, you know, you, you were, you were at Coldwell Banker, you were at BH&G also, you were, yeah. we talked about Klein. So you had all the same Realogy brands I did. Yeah. And so it was now you're at EXP, right? And so there's a shift. There's a shift from when the brand was the brand and under EXP, the agent's the brand. And cool. so there's a mindset shift there. So how did you actually sort of go through that journey for yourself? I think we went through it. Um, Kenny has always been a, a genius in, in regards to marketing and branding. And so when we look at the agents of tomorrow, what we've realized is that it's no longer about the brokerage. 
it's more so about the individual brand. And so our claim to fame is really helping agents develop a brand that is indicative to who they are as a human being. What are their core values? What are their core standards? Who do they want to be seen as in the world? And let's help that develop, right? A lot of agents like, well, I want to have a brand. Well, what does that mean? What's the purpose? And what are the core values behind that? So we probably have about 60 brands with inside a fast real estate and team fast. So if they never want to rock our brand at all, they don't have to, and there's no pressure to do so. In our market here at eXp, when we first came in in 2020, there was a few players in eXp, but not too many. So what I feel we did is we made the brand very, very sexy here locally. We became the go-to team to come to for, for eXp. And what I think this has allowed us to do, and I say this all the time to people that were attracted in our company, we were able to throw conformity as far out the window and create the brand our way. We didn't have to ask for guidance. We didn't have to ask for forgiveness. We didn't have to ask for permission. We were able to do it our way. And that's why we're always seen as different. When people think about Team Fast and Fast Real Estate, it's different and unique because we're always showcasing the difference within our agents and how they show up in the world, whether it's long hair, tattoos, rocking a Harley Davidson, fast car, whatever it is. So when they look at our brand, there's always something fresh and innovative because we're always leading with all of these characters within our environment. We do have a nice brand. It's sexy. It's synonymous with the Bay Area. But if they never want to rock that, they don't have to. So we saw this immersion through pandemic of personal yeah. branding being more important than ever. And I've just, Kenny, working along Kenny and having a pretty good eye for branding myself, studying branding, you know, listening to the things that Kenny has told me along the years, we're able to really look at branding and style and color and fonts and shapes and margins and really say, let's think about this with agents. Like, oh, I have this brand. Well, that doesn't look good. And there's four different types of fonts. So from a design standpoint, help agents develop something that's going to look crisp and has a purpose behind it. Has a purpose. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Now you've touched the lives of many people, but let me ask you, what's the greatest lesson you've learned in your career thus far? I, I think for me, you know, like in my twenties and early thirties, like, like at that time, it felt like ego was so important to me, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm 42 years old now. I have a family. I have learned so much. I think like throwing your ego as far out the door as you possibly can and understanding that, in order to be a great leader, the number one thing that you have to get focused on is how do I serve others to the highest ability and then I'll grow myself, right? So it's like throw ego out the side. There's no pretentiousness. This is all about them. How can I elevate them? How can I build them up? Yeah, I definitely want the spotlight, but I want a spotlight because I've served and helped and contributed to so many people's lives. Before, it was a singular thought. Now it's a universal thought. And I think that was one of the biggest mindset shifts for me is that you go from the singular way of thinking to now this universal language and this global way of thinking, and it removes it from you and it puts it to them. So that's for me was the biggest lesson. You know, you and I were just at a conference in, in Cabo together and there was uh, Jarek uh, Robbins had sort of like talked about the second mountain, right? And so the first mountain is 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 when we start our in in our own careers and building for ourselves. Yeah. And that second mountain is realizing that then we're building for others. Yes. And I think once we sort of get to that second mountain, you look down on the first one and you realize, wow, I wish I would have done that earlier. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like 
what, what could I have done differently in my career at an early age if I would have yeah. thought about that? But uh, that's part of growing up too. I'm like, I'm just more- Trust me, I know. I'm older I'm than you are. Yeah. I'm more like aware, self-aware. I'm more humble now. I'm just more mature. Yeah. I'm also a whole heck of a lot older too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 my, that's what I believe on that. All right, so give me, give me bullet points. Give me somebody coming into- the industry today, what would be three pieces of advice that you would give them? You probably do this every single day for people yeah. coming and three knocking on your advice. door. If, if someone's going to come into our environment, don't step in this ring if you're not willing to take a knock on the chin, right? This is, this is an environment where it's going to get tough. You're going to take some knocks on the chin. But what you will learn here is you'll learn strategies. You'll learn how to counter. You'll learn how to be a prize fighter. But you have to understand that you're probably going to take some knocks on the chin. And it's going to be scary. That's one of the free advices I give to everybody. Two, you have to have grit in this business. You have to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. I'm going to do the gritty things in order for me to have the success. Because what so many people see is they see the sexy. They see the self-glorification of real estate, right? It's it's cool. The cars and balls out. They see that. What they don't see is the grit that it takes you to get to those things that are now consumer facing, whatever it is. Right. So I believe that grit is super, super important. And one of my other key bits of advice is that you have to have high, high level of EQ and empathy. If you're not able to feel and understand emotion at a high level, this may not be the industry for you because you're going to deal with a wave of emotions on your own, right? But then you're also going to have to understand humans and their emotion. And you have to understand how to navigate through those. So um, those are things that I recommend for, for any agents. If I'm just going to list three, I could go on and on. But if I had to pick three, those would be the three levels of advice. Those I'd are give. pretty brilliant, actually. Thanks. And, you know, one of the things people sort of like see your persona and you're, you're, you fill a room, my brother. And so Thank they you. see your persona, but they don't sort of see what you do in the background. And so you're very philanthropic. And I know that you've been involved with Habitat for Humanity for over a decade. I think it's been like 12 years from my research. It's like, you know, it's been, it's a beautiful side of who you are. Tell me about that. Tell me about that part of you. So, you know, that part of me needs to, I need to spend more time on that because I remember there was a time where we were doing neighborhoods, um, you know, sponsoring families, giving back at Christmas, you know, taking, uh, you know, families and providing them a house and a tree and, and groceries and building. Yeah. And I spent some time with John Pugh a couple of weeks back at a mastermind. And he's doing these huge, huge, like mission driven events all throughout the world and wells and water in Kenya. And I'm like, like the, the position that we have now, it's like, it's great to build, but I'm like, I want to build something that's bigger than us. And so it's actually, man, I'm glad that you asked that question because to be honest, that's something that I need to spend more time on because I think that it makes us even more human that we're seeing as the people that give back, the people that are building and growing and contributing in such a big level, right? We have, you know, everyone can make money, but it's like, how much am I contributing to the world? If we can go and help people have wells in, in Kenya and like what that does for these village and the, these people, like it's amazing. So tune in later because there's going to be more to this story. And this all comes like John Pugh is like, man, let's mission driven business. And we've been talking about this a lot as a company and as a team building true, true missions within our environment because we have the ability and the platform to do so. We just need to take action. 
I got to tell you what we're doing as as a company, as EXP, and and this initiative that we're doing with uh, with New Story and building a uh, hundred homes in Mexico. You know, from all of the trips that I, that I've done, the most excited that I am is the trip that we're going to do in June. Yes, to go see the village that we built, I and you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. Eighty nine of the homes have already been built of the hundred homes. Wow. People have already started moving in. And imagine these were families that were homeless, you know, 11 months ago. And so that's like what I'm excited about. It's sort of like, you know, the trips we go to are fun, right? It's sort of like we're all in community. We've got a thousand, five thousand, seven thousand of us all in community and they're great. But this is the this is the trip that I'm most looking forward to. And there'll be like eight of us on the trip. It'll be like amazing. It'll just be amazing. When you think about it, too, like. We don't really have problems. Yeah, we have problems. We have struggles, but like, imagine not take care of them. Yeah, like imagine not having a house. Like, like for them to be like so grateful for someone doing that for them. That's that's gonna last a lifetime. They'll never forget that. It's gonna last generationally. It's crazy. So, but I love what you said. Mission-driven business. That's a powerful statement because it really drives you. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think we need to do more of it. Yeah. So tell me where this spirit came from. Who has been the most influential person in your life? You know, two people, if I think personally, I think my mom and then Tony Robbins had a huge play in my life early on. Uh, My mom, because my mom, you know, grew up single mom, addicted to drugs, like didn't give us the best life that she could. But then now when I look back at her, like she, like now today, she's sober. She has been for many, many years. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful grandma. She's a wonderful mom. And so it's just like, you know, Hey, we were, she was dealt a bad hand, you know, made some wrong choices in life and then was able to overcome it. And she is the best grandma I could ever ask for, for my, for my children. And so like, that's really, really inspirational to see how she changed around her life. And then I remember I got the, um, unleashed the power within at the time. It was like a DVD set, uh, or CD set or whatever it was, it was like six things and you'd play them and then you would journal every single night. And so I really just took a deep dive into like um, mental conditioning, you know, personal development, like the, 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 the 30 minutes to thrive and like took a deep dive into who I was as a person, my mind, understanding my emotions and really becoming this more self-aware human being and man. And I'll tell you what, that like changed my life forever. And I've never looked back. Like there's, there's no like, Oh, like I'm, once in a while I do do mental condition. It's just part of who I am as a person. So when people meet me, they, Oh, wow. Like super strong. You're super strong mentally. Well, I wasn't always this way. I conditioned myself to be this way. You know, peak states don't just arrive. You have to demand it of yourself. So it's like, now I'm in control. I know exactly what I need to do to put myself in a peak state, how to do it, how I'm feeling, being aware. And now I'm able to see that in other human beings and seeing. So when I'm coaching, it's not just coaching to an agent, KPIs and numbers and phone calls. That's all important. But now I'm able to coach to the human being. And when you coach the human being, you can influence change because you've influenced their behavior. And so, man, Tony Robbins and my mom are definitely two key influential people in my life. Well, both did really a great job. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> to see the product of it. Thanks, <laughs> so man. I've got one final question for you, my brother. So in your book of life, what's this chapter called? This chapter of life is, is it's almost 
I don't know, let me, let me bottle this, like wealth building. And what I mean by that is like, I've given myself eight more years that I'm going to give to this business. And then I hope to, my plan is not hope I'm going to retire. So, so I'm 42 years old by the time I'm 50. So this stage of my life is now reflecting on finances, building my organization. How can I have a legacy that far surpasses my ability just to coach and help run a brokerage, right? What's after that? How am I going to build? And so that's really what the stage is. Like my mind is like, well, how can I contribute at a higher level and how can I build wealth in different ways? And I think more so now, and I, I wish I would have found, I wish EXP would have been in my life at 30 years old, different conversation, but Nonetheless, I'm here now. I'm excited about where we are. So this is definitely the chapter of wealth building in my life. I love it. I love it. It, it, it just is reminiscent of who you are, who your spirit is. And it's been amazing. So thank you for spending the time with me. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for continuing to touch so many people's lives. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm just in a very, very grateful position. I'm grateful for Kenny for allowing me to lead, uh, to lead beside him and to grow this company because I've always believed in the vision. And so he knows that, hey, I'm going to always catapult this vision and protect our culture. So, Michael, I appreciate the time and the energy and thanks for having me on. Thank you. And thank you all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. <laughs>